This is an APTA podcast. Welcome to APTA Podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. In this episode, you'll hear an interview conducted at APTA's next conference and exposition in June 2019. You can find more of these on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Hi, I'm Jason Bellamy coming to you from Chicago in Next 2019, and I'm joined by Jackie Arrow, and we're going to talk about your session here, which is about communication and patient care, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, stupid question, but we're going to start there. First of all, why is communication so important just in general in, in that patient education experience? Well, I mean, I think it's our job as physical therapists to really to meet our patients where they're at. And so part of that is learning about what's bringing them to us and what their problems are and what we can help them with. And so without being able to communicate with them and figure out what draw, what drew them to physical therapy and how they run, we can't really, really do that. Right. So I know one of the things you're going to explore in your session is understanding your own communication preferences first. So not the patients, just your own. Let's talk about the why that's important first. Right. So I need to know how I communicate before I can figure out how I can teach a patient something. Um, Plus, it really helps in your communication with other providers. So if I know how I communicate and I know how my colleagues communicate, then we can talk to one another about the patients that we treat together. And then it carries over into being able to treat those patients better. So let me put you on the spot. So from what you know of yourself, what Uh is your communication style? And then how does that inform what you do? So I tend to be very extroverted. Um, I am a loud talker. I speak quickly. I think out loud. And so sometimes I have to slow myself down with my patients or I get very overwhelming, especially if my patient tends to be more introverted. They're a little more quiet. They think inside their head. Um, I also tend to be more of, and we'll talk about this more in the session, more of a thinker as opposed to a feeler at times. I'm very on the borderline of that. But what that means is that thinkers like to be very um, systematic about the way that they do things. I'm a big fan of like to-do lists and checklists and having things lined up. And I do get a little closer to the feeler side of things. Being a PT, that's really important. But if I have a patient that is very strongly in that thinker side of things, I have to be careful about really laying things out for them and explaining why research says we do certain things and giving them lists. But if I have somebody that's more of a feeler, they really don't care what research says. They want to know how it's going to affect them and their lives and their families. And so I have to be sure that I'm speaking to them in that way. So let's talk about the consumer then, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody walks in the door, if they're extremely extroverted, you're going to figure that out pretty quickly, right? right? (laughs) But what are the other ways you can sort of get a sense of where the patient's coming from and what their preferences and habits are? Yeah, I think as physical therapists, we're in a really unique place for that. Um, As a physician, you may not have as much time to figure this out, but as a PT, I see my patients for many, many days. And that first evaluation, I can start getting little bits of cues and how they're communicating with me and maybe in the way that they ask their questions. But then when they come back again, I can figure out, okay, you haven't been doing your home exercises. Let's figure out why that is. Did I not lay it out smoothly for you? Does it not fit into your day? Do you not understand why the things we're doing are important and don't you see the connection in your daily life. So you can start to put cues together. It's definitely an, an evolution and a process. So what does it look like to put that into action? And, and I'm not sure if this is the proper way of thinking it, but in your head, do you have sort of like, this is the approach I take if somebody is sort of a self-starter and don't need to do much. And this is the approach I take if I need to lay it all out. I don't want to imply there's just two. How are the different ways you think about those different sort of, that, those different segments somebody might be in? 
That's a great question. I do have a little bit of an approach right off the bat when I get a vibe from a patient initial evaluation just in a way that they communicate with me. But I think you have to be very able to flex between those things. And if one thing's not working, we try it a different way. Because the thing that's interesting about personality and communication is I, I'm really not, I'm not diagnosing somebody as being extroverted or, you know, being a thinker. Um, I'm trying to take cues and make assumptions about them basically. And so I have to be able to flex it if it doesn't work. Right. So I think this is going to lead to that. We talked a lot about communicating, which the way we've been talking about it sounds like talking to them. What about the listening aspect? Uh, how do you do that well? So as an extrovert, that's something I've practiced a lot. Um, again, I tend to be a fast talker and speak loudly, and I have to slow myself down and give the patient time to think and to answer me. Um, one of the things that I found most helpful in that listening process is, um, of course, asking open-ended questions, but giving them time to think of answers. So for example, and we'll talk about some more examples in the session, but um, for a patient that tends to be more introverted, sometimes I'll say, I'm going to go grab something, and when I come back, I want you to ask me two questions about what we just talked about. And so it gives them a moment of quiet by themselves to think about, okay, what did we just discuss? What questions might I have? And then we can move forward from the, in the conversation from there. That's a great trick. Give me another one. Um, <laughs> so I work with, I work with kids. And so for me, there's a lot of different people in the conversations. There's usually the patient, there's the parent, there's perhaps the other parents there too, coaches, all kinds of people. Um, and so you have to figure out that sometimes what works for mom doesn't always work for kid. And so I try to have separate conversations with the patient and separate with the parent. And then I may adjust. So I may give the patient a home exercise program with a checklist as to like, please check off when you've done this, almost like homework and they have to bring it back and turn it to me but to the parent I'm showing them what's the bigger picture here and where's it going to lead next because they're seeing more of that broad situation in their personality and the patient just needs to know what do I need to do right now in that communication experience obviously you see somebody let's say you see a kid with knee pain I'm just mm -hmm. going to make something up um, you may have seen that knee pain over and over and over again you know exactly what it is you can go from one to seven really quickly the kid and the parent that's the first time they're hearing about this the first time they're going through the experience it's going to take them longer how do you slow yourself down to tell that story? Does that make sense? It does. And, and I think it's really important that we don't forget that. So you're right. I mean, I see knee pain every day, um, but this is their life and it affects them uniquely as opposed to everyone else. Um, and so I really tell them, I want to hear their story. Like, I know why you're here. I know you're here because your knee hurts, but how has that affected you? What are the things that you love to do and that you want to get back to? And let's create real individual plans for each person. Um, and that goes for, you know, the exercise that I give them, but also the progression and how we communicate about it. Is there a way to either practice this or, or better self-assess this to know, if, you know, how good or not you are or where you need to improve? I think one of the things that we did um, at the hospital that I work for um, is we really started this just amongst the staff. And so we had all of our staff take the Myers-Briggs, which is one of many different personality inventories. Um, and we started looking at the nuances of how we can communicate with one another. And so then we could get feedback from our colleagues like, okay, that didn't work very well. The way you asked me that question, it just didn't make sense to me because I tend to think this way. And so as we learned more from people who could give us that feedback, we were able to start doing it more with our patients. So I feel like that's a great place to start. Awesome. This is one of the many awesome sessions that are happening here at Next 2019. She's Jackie Arrow. I'm Jason Bellamy, and I'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to this APTA podcast. APTA podcasts are available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play.
You can also check out APCA's consumer podcast, Move Forward Radio. This is an APTA podcast.